Right, good morning, everyone. We are Wagers Ragers. We are coming to you from the great Garden State of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, and my usual compadre with me, as always, John the Hedgehog Donneth. The Hedgehog. John, how are we doing today? Doing very well. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Happy New Year to all our listeners. I hope everyone has enjoyed their holiday season. Uh, and to sort of bring it into it, we get one more week of regular season football. And I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to placing a few wagers and uh, closing it out with a bang. Yeah, it's week 17, if you can believe it. Seems like the season flew by. Uh, next week, we head into the wild card round of the playoffs. But this week, it's uh, special teams like my New York Jets and John's Philadelphia Eagles, whose swan song ends today, uh, week 17. So before we get into the week 17 games, let's talk about a little bit about and recap our week 16 picks. And I got to tell you, I, I was right on uh, last week. Uh, the jet line started at plus 10 against the Cleveland Browns. Browns fighting for a playoff spot, <clears throat> but the Browns have been decimated by COVID with no wide receivers. And the line plummeted overnight to the Jets getting, uh, still getting six and a half points. And it was a game that I, I said I'd probably stay away from, but if I was going to take the game, I like the Jets and the points. And what happened? The Jets went out and they, I mean, I don't want to say blew the doors off the Browns, but uh, they won pretty handily, and the Jets picked up their second win of the season. It quite frankly didn't make a difference at all because Jacksonville went out and got shellacked by Chicago. So Jacksonville clinched the number one uh, draft pick, and the Jets are locked into number two, and it should be interesting when the draft happens as to whether or not they're going to hang on to uh, Sam Darnold or they're going to move in a different direction like Justin Fields, who had a, a an great day on New Year's Day against Clemson, throwing for six touchdown passes. So we'll see what the Jets do, but they did cover against the Browns. And my one prop, because there was really no props uh, that were up for this game, I think a lot of reasons because of, uh, because of the COVID issues with the Browns was any other Brown to score a touchdown um, other than the ones that were listed, which were Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And uh, unfortunately, I think Kareem Hunt scored a touchdown. So I didn't hit on that prop, but otherwise uh, the jet calling the jet line with the points was a good call. And in my second game, which was the one I felt the, the strongest about, which I hammered, which was Rams at Seattle. And as I indicated last week, <clears throat> um, with the exception of Seattle, uh, the rest of the NFC West is just a bunch of frauds. Uh, none of them are really, any good, the Rams especially. And the Rams uh, with Jared Goff uh, losing to the Jets just proved my point that they're just not a good team. <clears throat> and the Rams went out last week uh, and they got the doors blown off against Seattle. And Seattle clinched the NFC West and they're moving on in the playoffs. My, uh, my props, I believe did okay. I think Wilson hit on the rushing yards. Um, so, but all in all, it was a, it was a good day. Uh, John, how'd you do last week? 
Well, luckily, I had one of my best weekends of the year last week. Huge, huge week for me. I'll start off with just the, the two games that I picked. The first one was the Eagles-Cowboys. <clears throat> Obviously, that game did not turn out ultimately the way I wanted it to. The, the Eagles had a chance to still win that horrible NFC East, but they had to win last week against the Cowboys. I was hopeful as an Eagles fan that that would happen. Jalen Hurts had really provided a spark to the Eagles in the last month. And I was hoping at least that the Cowboys might just roll over and die because I would love to see that. That is not what happened. Um, the Eagles secondary was really decimated by injuries all year and really took some hits against the Cardinals two weeks ago. And then last week, the Cowboys were absolutely able to exploit that. You know, the Eagles, when they first came out, they came out guns blazing. Jalen Hurts threw a deep touchdown to Deshaun Jackson. It looked like the Eagles might run away with it, but that was pretty much it. The Cowboys ended up winning the game 37 to 17. I said to take the Eagles minus three. Uh, that obviously didn't work out. But from there on out, my advice worked out pretty well. I said to take Jalen Hurts rushing at 55 and a half yards. He smashed that. I said to take Andy Dalton, his rushing yards, five and a half yards. He got that very early in the game. Also, C.D. Lamb, 52 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he also hit that. Um, so overall, I was disappointed in the outcome of the Eagles-Cowboys game, but some of the props hit for me, so that was great. Moving on, I then took the Titans at the Packers, uh, a matchup of two double-digit winning teams for this year. It was the Sunday night game last week. Uh, the Packers were favored by three. I said to take the Packers, give the, the three. I expected a big game from Green Bay. That's exactly what happened. Rodgers had a great game. The Packers ran away with it 40 to 14. From the Tennessee side, I said to take the Henry over on rushing attempts, 22 and a half. He hit that. I said to take Devontae Adams over on receiving yards, 90 and a half yards. He hit that as well. Um, I also liked MVS 35 and a half receiving yards that didn't hit. I liked AJ Brown at 62 and a half receiving yards that didn't hit either, but overall it was a pretty great week. I was looking at my rundown of hits last week. I hit the over on Derrick Henry carries Devonte Adams receiving yards, Aaron Rodgers rushing Packers minus three Steelers minus a half a point. And then in game hedged the Steelers at plus 11 Seattle minus one. Patrick Mahomes rushing, Kelsey catches, Kelsey yards, Jalen Hurts rushing, Matt Ryan completions, Jeff Wilson attempts, Hunter Renfro catches, Kyler Murray rushing, and the Lions plus 40 and a half uh, as a late game hedge. So overall, it was a really great week, probably my best week of the year so far. So hoping to keep some of that mojo going this week. Yeah, good stuff. Just to correct myself, I did not hit on the Wilson rushing yards, um, but I did hammer the point spread on the game. So overall, it was, it was a good week for me. And of course, I played uh, Travis Kelsey uh, in the Chief game. So we're moving on to week 17 um, and the Jets finish off their season against the hated New England Patriots, um, who the Jets normally do not fare very well against. Um, Bill Belichick hates the Jets. I think this is the team that he hates the most after being the head coach for a minute and then resigning only to join the Patriots and then go on to win six Super Bowls. And it's like the curse of Bill Belichick, along with uh, Joe Namath selling his soul to the devil to win Super Bowl three. But it's 2020. 
It's a crazy year, a year of unpredictability, a year of terrible things. And the one terrible thing that's going to happen this week, it's going to happen to the New England Patriots. They're going to lose to the New York Jets. The Jets are um, underdogs. They're going into New England. Patriots are favored by three. The under over is 39 and a half. Now, here's how bad the Patriots have been this year. They only have four combined receiving touchdowns between wide receivers and tight ends, which is the fewest in a single season since 1981, the New Orleans Saints. And they only have eight total passing touchdowns, which is the first team since 2012 to have less than 10 touchdowns in a single season. And that was the Kansas City Chiefs. The Patriots right now are two and three uh, versus, versus the division, and they haven't finished under 500 against the division since 2000. And if we remember, that was when the Patriots began their dynasty. So the Jets have not won a road game in New England since 2008, but I expect that to end this week. I think the Jets have actually started to play pretty well the last couple of weeks. Um, Sam Darnold has been turnover free the last two weeks, and I expect that to continue. Whether he's the quarterback next year or not, uh, and he came out this week and said that he thinks he's the answer at quarterback for the Jets, uh, I think he's going to have a good game this week. Um, we're going to get to some stats in a, in a couple minutes, but one that really jumps out is the Cam Newton experience just did not work out this year <clears throat> for the Patriots. He only has five touchdowns against 10 interceptions, and that's just brutal. Um, the Jets are going to be without their top two running backs. Frank Gore got put on IR and uh, P Ryan is on the COVID list. So who are they going to turn to? They're going to turn to Ty Johnson and Josh Adams. Now, when the last, the last time these two played and had substantial minutes, it's when Frank Gore went out real early against the Raiders with a concussion. Ty Johnson stepped in, had 104 rushing yards and a touchdown and Josh Adams added another 74 yards uh, against the Raiders. And I expect that to continue against the Patriots. I think the Patriots are a, a uh, basically a done team. I think they're, they've, they've mailed it in. Um, they looked terrible last week against Buffalo. Uh, I know Belichick hates the Jets, but wanting to beat the Jets and being able to are two different things. And I see that the Jets are going to win this game. So I would take the Jets with the points. And uh, I even consider betting the money line on this game. I really do feel strongly that the Jets are going to win this game. And it's actually finally a week where I can actually root for my team to win because, I mean, they've already locked up the number two seed. They can't get the number one seed and they can't fall to number three. So this is what I'm going to put my green and white on and, uh, and root for the Jets because I can't stand the New England Patriots. So a few stats to just throw out at you. The Pats offense has just been brutal this year. They're 29th in total yards, 322.1 yards per game. <clears throat> 30th in passing yardage, 176.8 yards per game. Their rushing offense is pretty decent, ranked fifth in the NFL at 145.3, but they're at the bottom, 28th in points um, per game at 19.9. So let's look at that and match it up against the Jet defense, which is not, you know, a top defense, but... The Jets are 25th in yards per game, giving up at 386.5, 29th in passing yards, given up at 278.1, 10th 
in rushing yards, giving up at 108.4 and 27th in points allowed at 28.6. Why do I give you all these stats? Because it looks like both of these teams are pretty even, but the edge that I would give is to the Jets. And the reason being is that the Jets seem to be on a better trajectory winning their last two games than the Patriots who have just basically mailed it in. So I like the, uh, the Jets in this game over the Patriots. And the two props that I like, these are touchdown props. I'm not looking at receiving yards. I'm not looking at rushing yards. I'm just looking at touchdown props. Ty Johnson to score a touchdown, great odds at plus 150. And I like Jamison Crowder going over the middle, you know, tight in there, maybe inside the 10-yard line, plus 220 to score both on DraftKings, uh, and I like those odds. John, any thoughts on the Jetpack game? First of all, I'm just happy for you that you get to actually cheer for your team to win. Uh, this week, it's going to be – that should be fun for you. Uh, and, hey, man, after the Ohio State's performance the other night, you know, whether you whether the Jets roll with Sam Darnold and, and try to build him back up or maybe take fields or maybe even Jacksonville takes fields – Maybe the, the future doesn't look so bleak as far as the, the Jets' possibilities go. As far as this game, there's one prop, one more prop I'd like to throw out there. Braxton Berrios, who had the long touchdown last week on DraftKings, his over-under on receptions is only one and a half. Odds are good at plus 100, and he's had over one and a half catches in six out of his last seven games. Of course, the Patriots' secondary has been really great all year. Uh, he only had one catch against the Patriots the last time they played, but I think it's worth a roll of the dice on Berrios. So I'm taking him at over one and a half catches plus 100 on DraftKings. Yeah, I like that too. I like that Berrios um, prop for sure. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I mean, I'm happy that I'm rooting for my team this week. I find it very hard to believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to draft Justin Fields. I mean, you know, quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence just don't come around every year. I mean, they say he's the best prospect right now since Andrew Luck, and I would find it very hard to believe that they would pass him up just based on Justin Fields' one game uh, this year against, uh, against Clemson on Friday. But we'll see. I mean, Luck usually doesn't uh, fall in the favor of the New York Jets, so I find it very hard to believe that Lawrence will still be on the board at number two. But We'll see which direction the Jets go and see how Sam Darnold plays today against the Patriots. So, John, talk to me. Eagles, Redskins, flexed out, Sunday night game. Redskins yeah. playing for the playoffs. Eagles play, basically playing for nothing except, you know, a spot in the, uh, the draft order. Um, will they upset the Redskins and give a gift to either the Dallas Cowboys or New York Giants? Talk to me. Well, as an Eagles fan, I don't bet against my own team, and I can't really root against my own team. But speaking objectively here on Sunday morning, I have to say that, you know, the better thing for the Eagles is to lose this game. They gain nothing by winning. They can finish as far as draft position goes anywhere from third overall to 10th overall. That's a big deal. This Eagles team needs talent. They need game breakers. The higher in the draft they can get, the better. Uh, and, and don't forget, you know, the way the draft works, if they're third overall, they're third overall in every single round they have a pick in. So, the Eagles are much better off by losing tonight. The Washington football team, the WTFs, as they're called now, uh, have everything to gain as far as making the playoffs. In this horrible year, this uh, Washington team that's six and nine, playing the Eagles at four, 10 and one for the division, 
on DraftKings, Washington, who's on the road here, is minus four at uh, minus 112. On FanDuel, they're giving three and a half at minus 115. Winning in for Washington. The Eagles, on the other hand, have a ton of questions. Everything from the head coach to the general manager to the quarterback uh, up and down. Apparently, there's a report out right now that defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz will not be back next year. He's contemplating retirement or at least taking a year off, so he'll be gone. Um, The Eagles have a ton of players out this week. Uh, As we've talked about pretty much every week, the Eagles have been decimated by injuries since the summertime, and it doesn't stop this week. Uh, The list is huge. They're going to be without number one running back, Miles Sanders. They're going to be without future Hall of Famer, Fletcher Cox. No Derek Barnett. No Jalen Mills in the secondary. As I mentioned earlier, the secondary was already banged up before that. No Dallas Goddard. No Deshaun Jackson, who came back briefly to catch a touchdown, and he's, you know, gone like a ghost. No Jordan Mailata, who was actually a bright spot when he came in and played left tackle this week. Uh, It's just a you-know-what show as far as the Eagles are concerned. I never say, I never believe that players tank games. I think players are always trying to win the game. Although in week 17, you might see a few players take a, take a few plays off front offices. On the other hand, do on the other hand, do tank games. And I think that list of inactives tells you the story here. The Eagles are not trying to win this game from a front office perspective. On the other hand, the Washington football team has been very impressive to me over the last couple of months. They've played with a lot of moxie and a lot of heart. That defense looks like it's turning into maybe one of the best in the league. Chase Young looks like one of the best defensive players in the entire league. He's going to be a beast to deal with for years to come. Uh, Washington does have a few question marks coming into tonight's game. They appear to be trending in Washington's favor. Uh, Chief among those is the quarterback. As uh, many of uh, football fans have probably heard this week, Washington had some turmoil surrounding former first-round pick Dwayne Haskins who was caught apparently at a strip club without a mask on and was ultimately released from the team. Uh, Candidly, that's probably better for Washington than anything because uh, he has not shown me a lot in his two years in the league. Alex Smith, who actually played well and is on track, I think, to probably be comeback player of the year after coming back from that horrific injury from a couple of years ago. Uh, It was questionable as to whether or not he could start tonight. He's expected to be back and start according to reports as of Sunday morning. It looks like Alex Smith is going to start. They have journeyman Taylor Heineke behind him just in case he can't. But as of right now, he looks like he's going to start. That's big for Washington because they are 4-1 and one with Alex Smith, Alex Smith as the starter this season. Two more key players, Antonio Gibson, who missed weeks 14 and 15, uh, did not practice all week although there were some reports that he didn't practice to give him some extra rest. According to reports uh, again this morning, it looks like he's going to play tonight. Terry McLaurin, their stud young wide receiver, he is also listed as questionable for tonight's game, but again, reports are he is also expected to start. The bottom line, the Eagles have nothing to play for. The Washington football team, who's been impressive recently, have a division to play for. As far as their performances, the Washington football team, their defense, as I mentioned before, has been very impressive. They're the number three passing defense overall and in the last three games. They've been been just getting better as the season goes on. In their last three games, they're only giving up 174.7 yards passing per game. 
Against the Rush, they're still pretty good, but only number 12, so a little bit closer to the middle of the pack. Like I said, the Eagles have a ton of players out. I'm taking Washington tonight. I'm not actually going to place the bet, but the advice is to take the Washington football team, giving three and a half on FanDuel. I think they'll easily cover that. As far as some player props, from the Eagles' perspective, again, like I said, the Washington pass defense is excellent. Um, a little bit more middle of the pack when it comes to their rushing defense. So from an Eagles' perspective, uh, I'm looking at just rushing here. Again, Miles Sanders is out. Boston Scott's rushing prop is 50 and a half rushing yards on Fandle, a little bit higher at 53 and a half on DraftKings. I'll take Boston Scott at 50 and a half yards uh, on Fandle. He hit that several times when he was filling in for Miles Sanders earlier in the year. And I'll also take Jalen Hurts. His rushing prop is 56 and a half rushing yards, minus 112 on both Fandle and DraftKings. He's hit that in every single game he started. I expect Jalen Hurts will be running for his life tonight, so I think he'll easily hit this 56 and a half rushing yards. On the other hand, from the Washington perspective, I like Alex Smith. Again, watch this closely. Um, keep an eye on the reports and on Twitter all day to make sure that Alex Smith is going to play. It looks like he's going to. I like him to hit over one and a half touchdown passes, which is plus 110 on DraftKings. A little bit risky. Alex Smith hasn't thrown two touchdown passes all year. But remember, that Eagles secondary is absolutely decimated. I think he throws two touchdown passes tonight. I also like the Alex Smith over on completions. That's 21 and a half minus 112 on DraftKings. And lastly, I like Terry McLaurin over 57 and a half receiving yards, which is minus 124 on DraftKings. I'm also interested in props involving Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. However, the last time I looked this morning, neither one of those uh, running backs for Washington had props on either FanDuel or DraftKings. Keep an eye on that. Uh, I would like uh, J.D. McKissick for receptions and Antonio Gibson, his rushing yards, depending on what that number would be. So keep an eye on that. So I'll take Washington minus three and a half. I'll take the Boston Scott over on 50 and a half rushing yards. I'll take the Jalen Hurts over on 56 and a half rushing yards. Give me Alex Smith over one and a half touchdown passes and over 21 and a half completions. And give me the over on Terry McLaurin's 57 and a half receiving yards. I do expect Washington will be able to throw the ball. I think Dallas showed last week that you can absolutely exploit the secondary. And with it even more decimated this week with Jalen Mills out, I expect, you know, Alex Smith to have a big day as long as he plays. Yeah. So just a, a few thoughts on this game. You know, you're probably right that the Eagles are going to lose this game. I'm just going to stay away from the from taking either side of this game. I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen. I mean, do you rise up in your last game of the season, even though you have nothing to play for and, and play a good game, knowing you could spoil Washington's chance to go to the playoffs? I don't know. I'd probably stay away from the game, but there were some nice props that uh, I was looking at in this game that I'm, I'm probably going to take. And I'm going to kind of go in a little bit of a different perspective, although I will tell you that I, I do like the two rushing props that you mentioned, both. Um, Jalen Hurts over on rushing yards at uh, 56 and a half and Boston Scott stepping in for Miles Sanders. I like, I like it better on DraftKings at 53 and a half only because the odds are plus a hundred. So it's only three and a half more yards. I know I've lost props before on a half a yard, but I like the odds uh, better on DraftKings. The other props I was looking at are from a passing perspective and hopefully Alex Smith can make it through this game. 
And I'm confident that he will. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't be playing right now. But it is the same calf that he hurt where they took a portion of his calf muscle um, to help graft back his bones that he broke from that, that just devastating leg injury. So he's kind of playing with a partial calf, which is probably how he aggravated it. But if he's, if he's ready to play, I think he's going to gut through and play. So the one prop I like with Alex Smith is over 232 and a half passing yards against that terrible Eagle secondary minus 112 on DraftKings. And the other two uh, passing props that I like come from an Eagles perspective. No Dallas Goddard. He's out. He's the, he's the other tight end for the Eagles. So we have Zach Ertz who caught uh, passes last week for 33 yards. And what does his prop happen to be? 33 and a half on DraftKings with no Dallas Goddard. I like Zach Ertz over 33 and a half receiving yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. And the other one I like is Jalen Hurts over 17 and a half completions. Great odds at plus 100 on DraftKings. He threw for over 340 yards last week against Dallas. And I know Dallas is not even in the same stratosphere as Washington when it comes to their secondary. But Jalen Hurts has been throwing the ball pretty well, and I don't think 17 and a half receptions is that far, is that many uh, for him to, to have this week, especially uh, if they're playing from behind. So I like Hurts over 17 and a half completions, Zach Ertz over 33 and a half receiving yards, and Alex Smith over 232 and a half uh, passing yards. John, any last thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I do like the the idea behind the Alex Smith passing yards that fits right in with the whole theme of the Eagles secondary being decimated here. Uh, absolutely. Um, also, the whole Alex Smith injury thing makes me think that Washington might even try to rely more on the running game if they can. Just another reason to keep an eye on the um, potential rushing props if they come out for Gibson or McKissick. Uh, and then lastly, uh, I, I like your analysis on Zach Ertz, too. This is probably going to be Zach Ertz's last game for the Eagles, which is a sad thing. It's unfortunate that there won't be fans in the stands to give him the standing ovation that he deserves. He's been a great player for the Eagles for a number of years now and was huge in the Super Bowl win. So I'm sure he'll return to the, the Eagles uh, stadium sometime in the next couple of years with a different team, and he'll get the standing ovation then. But for today with Dallas Goddard out, uh, I agree with you that his receiving prop is a good one. All right. So we move on to our, our second game this week, and I'm going to stick in the NFC West, just like last week with the Rams uh, Seattle game. And I'm going to take the Cardinals at the Rams. And, you know, I don't think either one of these teams is any good. I think the Rams are a bigger fraud than the Cardinals, all the other although I don't think the Cardinals are very good either. Um, the thing is with the Rams, they're really banged up this week and they lost to the Jets, which is just inexcusable. And then they got completely shellacked by the Seahawks last week. So the Rams, I think are a done team and the Cardinals are looking to make the playoffs. And, and Kyler Murray got hurt last week, but he's going to give a gutsy performance this week. He says he's going to play. And I think he's going to play his ass off this week. I really do. What's interesting is there's a few stats to throw out at you. Uh, the Rams are 7-0 and with a 149-point uh, differential versus the Cardinals since 2017, which is the best point differential versus any team in that span since 2017. 
But you know what? I think things are going to change this week. The Rams, they need help if they don't win this week. And they need Chicago to lose to Green Bay, which is entirely possible, although Green Bay's already locked up the number one seed. So I guess we'll see what happens. But I just I can't bet on the, on the Rams this week. And why? Well, John Wolford. Who's John Wolford? I listened to his press conference, and the very first question that was asked of John Wolford was, how do you pronounce your last name? You know, the guy's a nobody. You know, he's from Wake Forest. Nobody's ever heard of him. He's barely taken any snaps with the first team, except maybe this week. Uh, Jared Goff hurt his thumb last week, which actually, quite frankly, might not be a bad thing for the Rams, because I think Jared Goff is a terrible quarterback, and he's played awful the last month of this season, but nobody knows who John Wolford is and the Cardinals defense, the Cardinals defense. Does anybody ever talk about the Cardinals defense? Well, let's talk about how they've done the last three weeks. Cause in the first 13 weeks, they were brutal. First 13 weeks of the season, they gave up 34.7 points per game, 236.9 yards per game through the air. They only had two and a half or 2.4 sacks per game on average. And they were giving up 42.6% third down completion percentage by the opposition. Move forward and we fast forward to the last three weeks. Weeks 14 through 16. It's like a tale of two cities. The Cardinals defense giving up only 17.7 points per game, 185.7 passing yards per game, 5.7 sacks on average per game the last three weeks. And their third down percentage to the other team, only 28.2% conversion on, on third down. They have 17 sacks over the last three weeks, 14 tackles for loss, eight forced fumbles, and 24 quarterback hits. I mean, John Wolford, he's in for a long day this week against the Cardinals defense. Who's out for the Rams? Well, I just told you Jared Goff is out. Their top receiver, if not their top two receiver, uh, Cooper Cup's on the COVID list. Daryl Henderson, their uh, second string running back is out. Their first string, Cam Akers, is out. So they're down to their third string running back, um, Brown. And their stud defensive lineman, Michael Brockers, is also out this week. It's going to be a long day for the Rams. Cardinals offense. So we just talked about their defense the last three weeks. Cardinals offense, where do they rank? Well, they're second in yards per game, 395.9. 15th in passing yardage at 250 a game. Third in rushing at 145.9 yards per game rushing. And 10th in total points scored per game at 26.9. Now, I know the Rams defense is a top defense, a top defense. But let's just think about this. They got destroyed last week against the Seahawks, and they lost to the New York Jets at home. I know their defense is ranked number one in yards per game in passing yards per game, giving up their third and giving up rushing yards and third in points per game. But, you know, you got to look at trends. You got to look and see how these teams have been playing the last couple of weeks. And I know the Cardinals are not like lighting the world on fire, but the Rams have just looked like a, a done team. So Cardinals are uh, giving up three points, it's minus three with an over under of 40 and a half. I like the Cardinals this week to cover the point spread, make the playoffs, and put the last nail in the coffin for the Los Angeles Rams, assuming 
that uh, Chicago does not beat Green Bay, which I guess is not a given. But even if they do make the playoffs, I, I can't see the Rams going anywhere. So I like the Cardinals. I'll lay the three. That's my pick of the week. That's my lock of the week. A couple props I like. No, Jalen Ramsey is the top corner for the number one pass defense for the Los Angeles Rams. And they're going to lock him up on DeAndre Hopkins. So who do I like? And I've taken him before. Christian Kirk, over 37 and a half receiving yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. And we've talked to you about this in the past. Look to see what the line is on, on FanDuel. You're getting a yard better, over 36 and a half receiving yards for Christian Kirk, minus 112 on FanDuel. Um, I also like Christian Kirk over three and a half receptions. Great odds on DraftKings at plus 115. And lastly, given the Cardinals' number three rushing offense and the rushing defense seem, seeming to be the not the strongest suit for the Rams, I like Kenyon Drake over 51 and a half rushing yards. And I, that's on FanDuel. I didn't see it on, on DraftKings. So Kenyon Drake over 51 and a half rushing yards. John, what do you think about this game? I think this game is emblematic of football in week 17. It's just a complete mess between injuries and people sitting, et cetera. Um, not a super attractive game from a, a football fan perspective. Uh, I would kind of like Kyler Murray to maybe get a rushing touchdown here on FanDuel. That's plus 195. So obviously great odds. So I like Kyler Murray with the anytime touchdown. And I like the Cardinals to win, same as you do. All right. So give me your uh, your second pick for, for week 17. Who do you got? All right. My last regular season game of 2020, well, actually 2021 now, technically, is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos, a 425 kickoff, you know, two longtime AFC West rivals limping into week 17. Both the Raiders and the Broncos are going to be out of the playoffs this year. The Raiders come in at seven and eight. The Broncos at five and 10, both teams on losing streaks. The Raiders have lost three in a row. The Broncos have lost four of their last five. Bron uh, Raiders sort of middle of the pack as far as offense goes. Uh, 11th in scoring, 10th in passing yards. Broncos much worse than that. 29th in scoring, 28th in passing. What I'm getting at here is even though the Raiders and the Broncos are both out of the playoffs, I think the Raiders are absolutely the superior team to the Broncos. They've had a lot of bright spots and a lot of them have come on the road. They're playing on the road today and the Raiders have posted a five and two record on the road so far this year, including a big win at Kansas city. Denver on the other hand has just been lackluster all year. Their defense is just not very good. Only 26th against the rush 22nd against tight ends from a receiving yards perspective. And I brought those two stats up, uh, which should allude to a couple of the props I like in just a minute. Overall, I think these two teams, you know, will play with some heart today. They don't have any playoffs to play for, but they're, these two teams are familiar with one another. I like the Raiders to win the game on both DraftKings and FanDuel. The Raiders are giving two and a half. The odds are a little bit better on DraftKings at minus 113 against the minus 118 that you get on FanDuel. So give me the Raiders giving the two and a half. I think they're going to win outright. I think it's going to be by more than three. As far as props go, I mentioned just a minute ago that the Denver Broncos are only 26th against the rush overall. So I love Josh Jacobs to hit his rushing prop of 66 and a half, which is on FanDuel at minus 112. 
you lose two yards on DraftKings uh, at 68 and a half. Jacobs is only 24 yards from getting a thousand on the season. John Gruden is an old school football coach who I expect to make sure, or at least try to make sure that Jacobs gets uh, enough yards to, um, to hit that 1000 yard mark. He would have hit this prop in, I believe it's 10 times in 10 different games this year, including 112 rushing yards he had against Denver in week 10. So I love Jacobs at over 66 and a half rushing yards. Also, I mentioned a second ago that the Broncos defense only number 22 against tight ends from a receiving yards perspective. So I love Darren Waller, who's continuing to take that next step uh, into being one of the top three tight ends in the game from a receiving perspective. First, I love his receiving prop on FanDuel which is six and a half receptions, which is high, obviously, but the odds are really good at plus 116. And Waller's had over six and a half receptions and four out of his last six games. I expect Gruden and Derek Carr to feed Waller to the very end here. So I like receptions. I also like his receiving yards prop. That's 61 and a half receiving yards on either FanDuel or DraftKings as of this morning. Waller would have hit the over on that number in five out of his last six games and four in a row. So give me the Raiders giving two and a half. I think they beat up on the Broncos today. I like Josh Jacobs over on rushing yards, and I like Waller over on both receptions and yards. Darren Waller becoming baby Kelsey out in Las Vegas. What do you think, JT? Yeah, I like the Raiders in this game too. I think Denver's a done team. Um, I don't. I haven't liked them all season long. I think their, their head coach is probably going to get fired at the end of the season. Uh, one bright spot, though, that I do like on Denver is uh, is Noah Fant. Uh, he seems to be the go-to guy for Drew Locke, and his props in this game. On DraftKings, we have uh, four over four and a half receptions at minus one eighteen, and over receiving yards at forty-seven and a half minus one twelve. Also on DraftKings, so I like the Noah Fant props uh, from a Denver perspective. I will agree with you. Darren Waller is a stud. He's probably, you know, I probably rank him maybe 1A behind Kelsey as far as tight ends are concerned, or definitely in that second grouping right behind Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey just stands out. He's like a, a man amongst boys as far as the tight end position is concerned. But Darren Waller is, he's definitely up there top five. So I like the over yardage on Waller. I don't really like the odds all that great on DraftKings for receptions. Um, but I do like it on FanDuel. So that's definitely a thought. And I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a good game rushing uh, this week against Denver. So I do like that prop. The other one that I like is Derek Carr over 21 and a half completions against Denver. I don't think that that's an astronomical number for him to hit. And, you know, this is the Raiders Super Bowl, right? This is their last game. They're eliminated from the playoffs. So I think all of their players are going to play the entire game. Um, their NFC West rivals, Denver and Las Vegas. So I like Carr over 21 and a half receptions in this game. And I do like the Raiders. Um, any last thoughts, John? Yeah, I like that Derek Carr completions prop as well. In games that he actually finished, he would have hit that number in four out of his last five games. So I like that one a lot too. Okay, so before we get into our last, our last phase of track of the week, you know, let's kind of recap a little bit just touch on it, just a, just a brief minute or two on what we think our respective bets of the year were uh, during the regular season. John, you want to lead us off? Yeah, sure. Um, 
you know, I try at the end of every year to kind of think about what the year has kind of taught me. And it's kind of like an ongoing process every year. Right. And I found this year, especially in a year when, you know, all of the COVID circumstances really threw everything out of whack that it just put even more of an emphasis on the idea that the NFL is just so unpredictable. That's what we love about this game, right? That's what we love about it is that no one really knows what's going to happen. And we get surprised all the time. So I found that I got tripped up whenever I had a week where I saw a particular bet and I was like, I love this bet so much. I'm going all in on it. This is my bet of the week, that type of thing. The NFL is just too unpredictable, even for really great betters for that to work too much. I prefer very much to spread my bets out. I'd rather hit six out of 10 bets, a little bit less money on each one, but overall you make money. That's my big kind of takeaway from um, betting this year on the NFL, especially considering all the circumstances we had with cancellations and, and surprise inactives and things like that. As far as my favorite bet of the year, my favorite kinds of bets. Uh, I really loved quarterback rushing. It's something that I'm going to continue to look at really closely going into next year. Quarterback completions, I love a lot as well. And as far as a single bet that stands out for a whole year, um, you know, I hit one of those kind of needle in a haystack bets back in the NFL draft way back in April. Um, and it was I, I one a few bets that I had on the draft back then. But my favorite was definitely T Higgins, who I bet 25 bucks on to be the number one pick in the second round hit that which was like an $800 hit. So that stands out as a really fun bet that I won. But that's my takeaway for the year. Remember that the NFL is is unpredictable and it's supposed to be fun so rather than going you know hard on a just a couple of bets on a weekend i like to spread it out uh amongst all the different props and, and, and games so that's kind of how i look at it uh, overall i thought it was a really great year how about you yeah i'm going to kind of go in a different direction here and instead of going for that that one hitter where the odds are you know phenomenal and you make a ton of money off one bet to me in a league of inconsistency in a league of unpredictability there's one bet one single bet that stood out to me on a week-to-week basis and his name is travis kelsey this guy won me so much money this season every week week in week out over receiving yards over receptions nine times out of ten the guy's hitting it every week now I will give you this one caveat. I would not take that bet this week because Kansas City has locked up the number one seed and they will probably most likely be resting players, one of which will be the Travis Kelsey, the top tight end in the league. And uh, that, that's my bet of the season because I took it probably week in and week out. And if I tell you, um, he made me hundreds and hundreds of dollars so when I look back on this season, it's going to be number 87 with those yellow spikes running around in my head saying, bet me, bet me, bet me. And I did, and it paid off. So that's my bet of the year. What do you think about Travis Kelsey, John? Yeah, I mean, that's a really great call. It sort of almost became like a running joke, right? Or a, a receiving joke, as it were. <laughs> Every week we'd say that, you know, we would hit it really did. It seemed like every week we would hit the over on the Kelsey receptions and Kelsey yards. And there was no question you were taking it every year, excuse me, every week. And it hit almost every single week. He's, he's a beast. He's amazing. 
It's the perfect scenario. He's a great tight end, one of the greatest receiving tight ends of all time in a great stacked offense with a great play caller and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Now, Kelsey is, you know, he's in his 30s now, so who knows how long this will go on for. But, man, I don't think there's any reason to believe it's going to slow down next year. And I'm certainly going to be all over the Kelsey um, props starting next year as well, depending on how it goes. So I think that's a really great call. That was something we talked about a lot this year. Kelsey really came through for us. Yeah, so, I mean, great season. Move into the playoffs. Looking forward to a wild card weekend next weekend. But, look, we'd be remiss if we didn't move into – the you know the final phase of wagers ragers which is our tracks of the week but before i get to that uh we were going to broadcast this this uh podcast yesterday and i was going to throw out a college football nugget which i really felt very strongly about and that was texas a&m against north carolina in the orange bowl texas a&m which probably should have made the playoff over notre dame because their only loss was to alabama um, they were laying eight and a half points and they covered that spread mightily. And I won some big money on Texas A&M yesterday, but uh, you know, if there's no, I don't know if there's still going to be bowl games. Well, there'll be the, the championship game before our next podcast. So maybe I'll give you some insight onto that, but if not next year, uh, I will be still throwing out my college football nuggets. So onto our last phase, which is track of the week. John, why don't you lead us off this week which, with your track of the week? Well, for my track of the week this week, I, you know, kind of sitting back contemplative, thinking back on the year. And I think the, the track that I'm listening to the most this week is really my favorite track of the year. Uh, it is a, a house song with a sort of like a, a, a cool Miami groovy vibe to it. And it's the Glitch Matrix remix of Blaze Grippa's Tesla Coil. It's a really great track. It has a really great story behind it. It was dedicated to Blaze's brother, who unfortunately passed away, uh, and even includes uh, a sample of, of his brother's uh, voice on the track. So there's a great story behind it. Uh, and this track was dedicated to uh, the memory of Blaze's brother. And, you know, obviously this track really stuck out to me. It was very meaningful. And, you know, this remix is you know, special to me too, because I participated in it. So that's my track of the week. It's my track of the year too. The Glitch Matrix remix of Blaze Grippa's Tesla. Blaze is such a good dude, and it's such a great track. And I'm really happy that you guys got to collaborate with uh, with Blaze on that. So good stuff, great track. Uh, you know, tough for me to outdo that one. Uh, so, but I'm going to give you my track of the week, which is another one of the tracks that was on uh, Armin's Countdown for 2020, and it's Giuseppe Ottavani featuring Trisha McTeague. It's only a heartbeat away. It's on Armin Records. Again, it's another trance track, which is my genre. And uh, it's just a, a really good, uplifting, um, banging track. And that's my track of the week.
wraps it up this week for for Wagers Ragers, guys. Week 17. Listen, may your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. We will see you next week for the first round of the playoffs, Wild Card Weekend. Wagers Ragers, we are out. 2017 regular season, we did it. Happy New Year, everybody. 2020. See ya.